Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Amber Data Derivatives Podcast. I'm here with John Palmer, who is the president of SIBO Digital. John, how are you? I'm doing great, Greg. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, I'm really excited. You guys have some nice developments coming online. Uh, you know, I, I know you just launched Futures back in January. So maybe you could give us a kind of a brief overview of SIBO Digital. You know, what, what do you guys offer? Are you guys a regulated exchange? Do you offer spot and derivatives? Um, and maybe you could touch on some more, you know, nitty gritty stuff such as clearing. Yeah, 100%, Greg. Thanks for asking. So to start, Cebo Digital operates both a spot and derivatives exchange and clearinghouse. So you know it. So on the spot side of, of the fence, we offer trading in Bitcoin, ETH, uh, Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, and USDC. Um, and then on the derivative side, we have, as you mentioned, uh, just launched uh, Bitcoin and ETH futures um, on January 11th, earlier this year. Um, so that's on the exchange side. And then, as you mentioned, we also clear these assets. Um, and so one of the things that um, when we launched our derivatives exchange that I think is really important is we launched a brand new clearinghouse, essentially, for the clearing of margin futures. Mm. Um, so previously, Cebo Digital offered fully funded uh, futures trading and clearing. So we've had this clearinghouse. It's it's regulated by the CFTC, and we've had it for a number of years. But it was only a, a fully funded kind of clearinghouse. And so Druid has, has always been one of those things that offer, offer capital efficiencies um, to customers. And so the, the concept of margin or, or leverage has been one of those things that's really important to the ecosystem. And so with our launch on the 11th of the actual trading, we launched the ability to clear on margin those contracts in our own clearinghouse called SIBO Clear Digital. And so we're really excited about that. One of the things that, that dovetail really nicely into is something that we're also working on and have been slowly building out in the spot side is the, is the clearing of spot crypto assets mm. in a very similar way that we clear the derivatives contracts. And so one of the things that um, obviously the, a lot of folks will know is Bitcoin and ETH and these coins are traded at a lot of different venues. Not all venues settle their own transactions. And so you're really starting to see the growth of um, ECNs and kind of matching only platforms that then um, look for third parties to be able to clear and settle those transactions. And so that's something that we're actively building out and currently support um, for our customers to be able to clear their trades if they're if they're um, occurring on another platform. Um, and so we're really excited about how that growth opportunity presents capital efficiencies and, and netting opportunity for participants that are active on multiple platforms, but are looking to, to have that same, you know, what I call it, TradFi-like mm -hmm. CCP type of interaction and benefit um, in the crypto space. Yeah, that's really interesting. I actually have a few follow-up questions here. So traditionally in uh, the TradFi markets, a clearinghouse ensures that if one of the counterparties blows up, uh, essentially the, the other counterparty still made whole and sort of the clearinghouse is standing in the middle. So does your own clearinghouse provide those types of, of guarantees as well for the, the futures that are the leveraged products or, or futures or anything like that? Yeah, we do. We actually on the, on both sides of the fence, I would say, you know, we as a clearinghouse are kind of stepping in the middle, as you say, between the buyer and seller on the on the platform and um, on our spot platform, everything's fully funded. Um, so, you know, we, we we're, we're seeing those funds prior to trade, making sure our participants, you know, have the funds in place and, and are able to trade, you know, whether it's buying Bitcoin or selling Bitcoin, as an example. Um, and the same thing works um on the derivative side, the derivative side is a fully intermediated uh, model 
um, regulated by the CFTC. And so what that means specifically from a clearing perspective is only futures commission merchants or FCMs could be members mm-hmm. of the clearinghouse. So an FCM will become a member of the clearinghouse and they'll work with us along with the trading participant um, to be able to set up their risk and make sure that they're funded and, and the margin is funded appropriately um, to be able to trade derivatives on the platform and then those said derivatives be able to clear through that FCM at the end of the day. The spot market's a little bit different in the sense that that FCM doesn't necessarily um, is involved in the value chain. Um, a lot of trading in the spot market is is direct mm-hmm. at, at a platform level, um, and so we see that. And so we actually, you know, on the spot side, the members, the trading firms are actually members um, of the of the spot exchange and clearinghouse to to be able to bring the funds in and trade it. So we, you know, we don't have that FCM intermediation there. Um, and so the way that we kind of resolve the risk around that is is the fully funded model um, in this example. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And then you mentioned something else that's really interesting. Like now that you guys provide the clearing for spot, you could have uh, venues that offer just the matching component only. So if I think about Coinbase, I think they probably offer both the matching and the clearing because there's a bunch of customers that have their accounts there. But if I think of another party, I don't know if this is true of Robinhood, but I could think of Robinhood where they essentially put on uh, sort of the the matching engine and and have the, the traders essentially decide to buy or sell. But then they would use a third party uh, to actually clear, and that would be essentially swapping the funds from one asset to the other, or from one wallet to the other. Is that what the clearing actually means? Yeah, S- similar. Um, so there's there's a couple different products that we offer on the spot side that kind of achieve this. The first thing you know we refer to is kind of what we call our settlement service. And so our settlement service allows for folks that are trading bilaterally in the over-the-counter market to resolve the settlement risk associated with the trading of those, mm-hmm. right? So you get this scenario, you and I are, are, are swapping dollars in Bitcoin, who presses go first, who sends Bitcoin first, who sends dollars first. And obviously there's that risk of once you send your Bitcoin, maybe the other person doesn't send their dollars. Right. And so we offer the solution that allows participants to bring their funds to our platform and settle those transactions on a netted basis um, in our clearinghouse, kind of removing the operational um, risk and the settlement risk associated, you know, with with those with that trading. The other aspect is you're using a venue, um, and so you know there's there's a lot of uh, growth in venues called ECNs, um, which is a which is a very big thing in the FX world that's starting to kind of migrate itself into into the crypto and the digital space, and so all they're doing is essentially providing a matching capability. And so customers that are customers of that platform and then also customers of Cibo Digital can trade on that platform. Those trades are sent to our clearinghouse as a, as a, as a trade. And, you know, we will then take in that trade, make sure those participants have those funds. And then, you know, at some point in time in the day, make sure, you know, clear and settle that trade. Mm. And then those funds are available for those participants to take and move, whether they want to keep them on platform and keep trading or move them to, you know, a self custody wallet or a place of their, or, or a different custodian. Um, outside of BitGo, who's the custodian that we use today, um, that they have that choice. And so what that does is in my, in my world, what I would say is we operate an exchange. So let's say you're trading on SIBO Digital and you're also trading on one of these ECNs, right? The beauty is let's say you've bought on SIBO Digital one Bitcoin and you've sold one Bitcoin at a different price on this ECN. Mm-hmm. You're effectively flat from a capital perspective if both of those trades are being cleared by SIBO Digital. And so now traders are able to realize those capital efficiencies. What it also does is allow them to, to um, aggregate their capital in the one place. 
you know, one thing that's challenging with the crypto market structure is the fragmentation. Yeah. A lot of places to trade, a lot of places you have to deploy capital, whether it's dollars or, or coin. And so by allowing these things to look more like a CCP, you have one place where you're deploying your capital and coin and you're able to see that kind of um, the capital efficiencies associated with that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So kind of moving away from clearing, one of the things that is really interesting in crypto, I've been in the crypto space for quite a few years now, but as futures started trading and perpetual contracts as well, and sort of the offshore C5 venues, we've seen like really elevated basis trading. Even in Q4 of, of last year, Q4 2023, we actually saw like the 30-day basis trading around 16% for Bitcoin. Um now, we saw that on CME, and CME is kind of a hard place to trade the basis because you have to manage the cash and short the future and kind of that's a, a lot of moving parts. Now, obviously, with SIBO Digital, one of the beautiful things is you can deposit actual Bitcoin and then sell the future against it. And now you're perfectly hedged and you can capture that basis. Have you seen a lot of demand for this type of trading from the institutional world? So yeah, number one, I would say that's that's the goal, right? So you've you've kind of nailed the utopia, I think, and and we see a lot of demand for this as this concept of of cross margining, if you want to call it that, which is uh, what I would say very na- native in the in the international space where you've seen these platforms say, I'm going to take in Bitcoin, I'm going to let you sell futures, buy futures, I'm I'm using the Bitcoin as collateral, as an example. So right now in the U.S. There isn't a, a derivatives clearinghouse that's able to take in Bitcoin mm-hmm. as collateral for a margin futures product. Right now, it's usually like dollars or treasuries or or something like that. Um, and so, to your point, there's a lot of natively long participants that that have coin that they like to use as collateral. So that's that's one thing we're actively looking at, and we think it could be a great advantage or innovation for the U.S. ecosystem is is finding a way to to allow participants that have spot whether they've bought it on the SIBO digital spot market or just brought it to our derivatives clearinghouse to go to, to leverage that for the purposes of, of uh, trading and derivatives contracts. We, we haven't, we're not quite there yet, but um, actively looking at ways to, to try to bring that to the, uh, to the ecosystem. One of the other things you're mentioning is the basis. And that's really, you know, obviously trading the difference between the spot and the futures market. And we are seeing quite a lot of demand on that. And so that was one of the, 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 ways or the reasons that we designed our system and our technology stack the way that we did is is it's all built on the same stack. So if you become a member of SIBO Digital Spot Market and then you you become either a member of the futures market clearing an FCM or you're leveraging an FCM to access our futures market, you're now on the same technology, potentially different fixed sessions fixed sessions, excuse me, but the same technology stack to be able to trade the basis. Mm. Um, whereas to your point, there's other places you can access derivatives or, or spot, but the technology stacks are different. Sometimes even the companies are different. And so that obviously poses a challenge for a participant to be able to do that. Um, so we're actively seeing engagement there and folks that are looking to trade the basis, to access the basis and are coming to SIBO Digital um, to be able to do that more efficiently. Um, it, with with one platform, one you know, one technology solution, um, one operation staff, um, you know, one one company um, versus maybe bifurcating their experience with trading derivatives at one venue and trading spot at another, and, and potentially having the operational and the capital and the technical inefficiencies that might exist in trying to do that. Yeah, that's really interesting. You mentioned about the technology stack, so I, I just want to poke in there a little bit more. So. Traditional finance has a lot of uh, really interesting uh, technology stack solutions, such as co-location. 
Is that something that you guys offer as well? And if so, why is that important to market participants? Yeah, it's a it's a great question, and we see um, offerings kind of vary across the the crypto ecosystem. So, Cibo Digital was was really built with the traditional financial kind of market um, structure really in mind, in the sense that you know our matching engine runs on bare metal, it runs in a data center um, that's beside a lot of the other data centers that that or uh, the other servers that might be running some of the other highly liquid um, you know exchanges uh, in the U.S. called equities, equity derivatives, futures, etc. And so we built it really the same way. Um, our messaging structure is natively on fix, mm-hmm. though we offer you know REST API and WebSocket, which is much more of a crypto native messaging structure or has been accepted um, in the in the crypto space and, and used more heavily. Um, and so to that point, we see customers looking for co-location, asking, mm. you know, and, and and looking for platforms that are built the way we've built for, for a number of reasons. Number one, from a from a, th- a, a throughput and a latency perspective, um, there's you know potentially advantages depending on the setup, um, but also it allows customers to that are incredibly latency sensitive to to try to be to try to eke out as much um, gains you know from from you know their setup as possible. And if you think about a a global market maker right that's making markets in the U.S., they might be making markets in other platforms. Mm-hmm. They might be looking at market data from you know across the globe, whether it's perpetual funding rates or or other futures products and spot products and, and pricing all over the world, right? They're 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 aggregating all this information, taking it from multiple places around the globe, trying to do so as fast as possible and then be able to react and update their quotes as quick as they can, right? To manage their risk, right? In the sense that the quote out there is their risk. Um, and having co-location, having fix or API native, um, like binary type of APIs that are pretty prevalent in TradFi, um, as, as an offering, we're not on the binary side, we just have fixed today, are some of the things that, you know, those types of market makers are really looking for to be able to, you know, be as quick as possible to be nimble and to be able to update their prices um, when there's news or when there's um, something happening um, that they need to, um, and, and to do so where they know that they're actually, you know, they're going to get a, a response, a deterministic response, something that they can expect, something that they're used to mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from other types of venues that they that they um, may might trade on. And I think we've seen um, that the the in, the interest in those types of um, you know uh, offerings grow, and more and more participants asking those types of questions as they onboard or are looking to onboard, you know, their next crypto platform or their next place where they want to trade. Yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, Another thing is, you know, if I'm trading on uh, Coinbase, for example, I log into their website and I trade directly on their website. But if I'm trading like a CME future, I can actually access the CME exchange from interactive brokers or whatever broker I'm using. How is it for SIBO Digital? Do I need to sign up and trade directly on your guys' interface? Or can I access your markets from a broker, broker such as interactive brokers? Yeah, it's actually um, a, a really timely question because I think there's there's a couple of things happening for us, you know, given we just launched Futures in January mm-hmm. and really as we continue to expand that and we onboard more brokers and more FCMs, you're going to be able to access the futures contracts through brokers like you've just mentioned, mm. right? And so as as we expand that access, I think that that offering will be out there um, for those customers. 
from a spot perspective, we're uh, we're an intermediated exchange only as well, just like we are in the futures market. So in order to, we don't uh, onboard direct retail customers. So you can't come to Cebo Digital, open an account and trade and fund it as like you could on a, on a Coinbase or a, or a Kraken or or a Gemini or, mm-hmm. or many of the other ones, right? Not to, not to pick just those three, um, but you can onboard with a retail broker dealer, right? You know, and there's a, there's a tremendous amount of those out there in the industry and we work with those brokers to be able to provide them access to our markets, our liquidity. Um, and so it's possible that if you enter an order through that retail broker dealer on the spot side, that it may come to SIBO Digital mm. to trade. It may go to another platform. It may, you know, depending on their setup and where they're accessing liquidity, which is um, very similar to how equity markets work or even equity derivative markets work where you, you know, you you open an account with a, a retail broker dealer, a Robinhood, a Weeble, a TD Ameritrade, a Thinkorswim, a Tasty Trade, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. et cetera. And they send the order to an ultimate exchange or a place of execution. They're not necessarily taking the other side or trading it or or they're not the market maker, right? And so we've structured that because the look, the feel, the experience is similar for those retail broker dealers. And then we believe as we see the ecosystem grow and the asset class continue to grow, we're going to see more and more structure like that, which is more akin to some of the traditional uh, markets. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so I guess um, I also saw on your website, there's like an IRA solution. So I guess that would be going through my my broker and essentially probably or someone who offers me an IRA solution and then essentially going through to SIBO Digital to actually do the, the transaction in the spot markets. Am I thinking of that right? Or is there a separate IRA solution? It's it's um, it's um very close. And I, and I would say the IRA um, world has been something that we, we've been in very early as there wasn't a lot of platforms that offered IRAs access to crypto. And so mm-hmm. we've worked with a, a select number of custodians on the IRA side to be able to offer their customers the ability to access crypto. So if you happen to be working with one of those IRAs and and, and they're listed on our website, you can go through them and have an account opened at SIBO Digital to be able to acquire, you know, the crypto coins that we list for trading in an IRA style account um, if that's if that's what you choose to do. Cool. Very nice. And you mentioned this earlier, but I just want to revisit it. So the custody solution, that's been a big, big deal in sort of institutional investing in crypto. You know, how do we store these funds? Is it safe? Obviously, it's a new type of risk to be hacked uh, from your funds and these like bearer assets. Um, how do you guys deal with custody uh, and what's your solution around that? Yeah, so Super Digital is a, what I would call a non-custodial exchange, but we do work with BitGo um, for, for cold storage. So in our, you know, we're, we're, I would say, custody agnostic. And so I think as we see the market and our customers demand other custodians will ultimately want to be able to support and will support them. And so what, what I see in terms of, you know, the future um, uh, in terms of what the ecosystem will look like, I think custody is, is an important choice. And I think um, we're seeing a trend where more and more participants, especially institutional participants, want to be able to trade, call it out of their cold storage, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to put my Bitcoin in cold storage where it's as safe as it possibly can be, but then I still need to be able to, to access liquidity trade in and out of it if I, if I wish. So as I, as I, as I would like to. And so I think we're going to continue to see um, more and more development, more and more work done there to allow customers to be able to do that. And I think we're very, uh, we're watching that space very closely because from my perspective, I see that as a really important um, evolution 
in the ecosystem and and really to get more and more support um, from more and more institutions in, you know, call it the native crypto, Bitcoin, ETH, you know, kind of, um, you know, liquidity and, and getting them access to the, to the asset class. So right now um, we work with BitGo and, and we'll continue to expand that um, as the market demands it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I saw with the spot Bitcoin ETFs, a lot of the ETF providers are using Coinbase for custody. I think Fidelity is the only one who's self-custodying. Uh, just kind of one more quick question around custody. Do like third-party providers of custody like have some sort of insurance or anything like that? Like, what what kind of protections are there? Yeah, and and I think that probably varies from provider to provider, right? And so every provider will offer different types of insurance that cover different types of events, mm-hmm. right? Loss or theft and things like that. And so I, you know, I'd always encourage everyone to kind of, you know, if you're if you're looking for a custodian. Right. You want to kind of do your own research there is, is, you know, it's not a, I would say a standard, um, you know, what maybe Coinbase custodian versus BitGo versus, you know, there's, there's tons of names, Anchorage and, um, uh, you know, Zodia, if you're, if you're looking at, you know, and, and maybe or copper, uh, you know, I don't want to leave anyone out, but there's plenty more beyond that. Yeah. But I think they're all going to offer different styles and different types of insurance for their cool. customers. And so. You know, I would always just say, hey, make sure you're make sure you read about that and understand it. So that way, if something were to happen, you understand kind of what's what's out there for you. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. So SIBO Digital has spot markets. They have futures markets. Now, SIBO is obviously the world powerhouse for options trading. Um, is there any options plans in, in the SIBO Digital future? Yeah, it's a it's a definitely a warranted question. SIBO being the home of options, will we launch uh, options on futures for Bitcoin? It, it's something that we're looking at, right? We're seeing open interest grow in the U.S. both in futures and options and futures at other venues, and so it's something that we'll continue to watch. And as our customers, you know, kind of demand and, and tell us what the next products are they want us to focus on, we'll be listening. And so we're going to go where our customers tell us to. Um, but obviously, options is one of those places that we're watching, and and then we'll also be looking at you know, other types of driven products, futures um, outside of just on Bitcoin and ETH as well to kind of continue to expand um, the offering as we get into 24. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, cool. So just kind of before we close up here, I just want to touch maybe on some more kind of uh, John Palmer personal questions. So maybe you could just give us a kind of a brief background on how you found yourself into the career you have today. Yeah, no, it's um, uh uh, definitely an interesting road for me in the sense that, um, you know, I went to school, finance degree, um, actually spent a little bit of time in, in corporate finance doing um, uh, long-term capital planning mm. for a company. I grew up in Ohio, so this company uh, was based out of Ohio. Um, but I but I had an internship actually on the floor of the of the mercantile exchange as a as a kind of runner clerk for a little while working for a couple of brokers and that that really kind of was my first taste into you know derivatives really tradfi derivatives especially um, you know so I went back I got my degree in quant finance to you know kind of originally thought maybe I would trade uh, but really kind of fell in love with the intersection between tech in the business and and really building out things that the trading community used. So that kind of powered me into kind of a product um, role. And, and I ultimately ended up landing um, some time at some exchanges. Um, so I started at ISE, you know, after some time in the industry um, and started really building exchanges, building options exchanges. Mm. Um, uh, I actually joined the SIBO organization through the BAS acquisition um, in the fall of 2016. 
and continued on kind of building exchange functionality um, across the board in both futures and then also equity derivatives, and then moved into more of the business and started actually running the revenue drivers and the strategic vision for for the options business um, uh, and and ran the U.S. listed options business for SIBO for a number of years, and then kind of got the crypto bug as a lot of folks did and kind of jumped into crypto and and kind of. My my reasoning there was I saw this as a, as a new asset class, still mm-hmm. developing a lot of things that we can take that we've built, that we've learned from some of the traditional markets that we've run and bring them to crypto for the for the benefit of the ecosystem and to attract um, some of the institutions and the buy side folks into the ecosystem based on, you know, how they're using um, some of the other uh, exchanges and and um, the things that that are important to them, and so it was a really interesting opportunity. So you know, I jumped in, um, and so long uh, long story short, um, you know, found my way back to Cibo. Um, Cibo had acquired Arisex, which we rebranded to Cibo Digital um, in 2022, and so I joined the team to to run the effort at that point. So I was really excited about it. Yeah, that's fantastic, and I, I shared a sentiment. You know, we're so lucky that we have we're here at the birth of a new asset class. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. What do you think uh, is something that newer options or people who are new to options often miss that you've you've learned through your career? Um, you know, I think there's there's a couple things, right? If you're if you're trading options, it's always you want to make sure that you're comfortable with it. It's um, especially if you're new to it. It's a derivative. It has some really interesting characteristics. These things called Greeks and and you know the the way that they impact the potential price. Um, and so it's, I think it's always important to kind of understand those at some level before you engage in it. And 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 not, not everybody has to just buy you know, what we call naked options, right? Mm-hmm. Buying a call or selling a put. Um, sometimes the best place to start is is to look at a strategy, whether it's a, 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 um, a caller with limited risk, or maybe you want to sell some covered calls, they call it because you own the stock mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you're selling you're selling calls to generate some income. I think those are, you want to look for an easy way to understand how to enter the option space um, to get comfortable with it. Um, you know, we call it don't, don't boil the ocean. Don't try to do too much too soon. And there's a lot of really great resources where you can go out and do that. And SIBO, um, being the home of options, offers one of those resources I'll, I'll tout um, is our Options Institute. So SIBO.com slash Options Institute. There's a ton of educational um, opportunities, both in terms of collateral that are still served, and then also classes that, that the team puts on to be able to educate people on options, whether it's basic options or advanced options, um, I think are really fantastic. And then once you kind of understand what they are, what a call is, what a put is, what the Greeks are, um, where I really got into the depths of options was um, reading Sheldon Shelley Nattenberg's options um, volatility and pricing book, which is, you know, probably one of maybe the most um, quoted books or certainly one if you ask the street, everybody in options probably at some point will refer to that book. I think it's a fantastic book that covers both the basics, but then also the advanced aspects of options. If you really want to get into options trading, definitely a, a must read from my perspective. Um, very enlightening and, and does a really great job of educating. Yeah, 100%. That was actually going to be my next question. So you beat yeah. me to it. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. I remember when we were going through sort of the DRW options training program, they basically give us that book and have us uh, work through it or and do, it. do tests. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So last question. Again. Yeah, it gets pretty detailed. I will say like the second half of the book really gets in the weeds. So it's like you want to make sure you have some scratch paper because you really sometimes it just goes right over your head. But, I, you know, I think that's why it's important. Like you can go to the Options Institute and get the basics. There's also uh, an options industry founded educational opportunity. They call it the Options Education 
um, optionseducation.org, I think is the website or OIC. And it's a, it's a, um, an industry-based education, uh, normal group that is, you know, is, its goal is to educate people on options. So lots of, I would say, you know, easy places to get really, really basic understanding of options. And then once you have that, that book is, is a good, is a good next step read. Oh, that's fantastic. We'll, we'll put all those links in the show notes for, for listeners as well. Um, last question here before we close up is, uh, what do you like to do outside of, outside of work? Do you have any hobbies or anything you like to do for fun? Yeah, I, I actually do. So I'm a, um, I'm a, a triathlete, um, in my spare time outside of the family and, 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 um, spending time with my kids, I, I'd spend time, you know, on, on a bike or running or, or swimming and, and been doing that for the better part of, um, 10 or 12 years. So that's, uh, both a stress reliever for me, but also keeps me fit. Yeah. Um, and something that I really enjoy. That's fantastic. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on. I think this is really interesting. I'm excited to see everything that's going to be going on at Seabo Digital. So thanks again. Awesome. Thanks a lot for having me, Craig. Absolutely.